You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Making of a Marketer, the podcast that takes you around the world of marketing one topic at a time. Hosted by digital marketing consultants Jess Nickerson and Andy Pondillo. We welcome you to join the conversation. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Now here are your hosts, Jess and Andy. It is our first episode, Jess, of our Marketers Book Club, the Making Marketers Book Club, and we have a great book to review today. So I know you're excited for this, and thank you for the idea. And most importantly, you know, we talked about it um, in one of our meetings and our, our team meetings recently about what books you've read lately. And I, I'm like, uh, I watch Netflix. So you got me back to reading. So uh, there's uh, some power in that, Jess, for getting me back into the book world. Love it. We got you back on that book reading horse. And even for me as well, because I've been listening to so many podcasts or just the 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 books on tape. I guess they're called audibles. I, I love how I'm going to the old school reference of books on tape. It, so it was nice to have like a hard copy of something or a, a soft co- a copy, but like the actual book in my hand. And not only just the book, it was an old school book. So it has like the smell. So my my yeah. mom and my sister are big book people. So they talk about that all the time. They go to these used bookstores. They smell the books. So it definitely had that old school just feel to it. You know, the slightly yellow pages. So we went back into the archives for this one. Yes. I am so happy you actually brought that up because I was thinking about that last night. And as I was in, in the book, I'm like, okay, yeah, this definitely has, has a smell for sure. Yes. Noticeable smell. And let's talk, (laughs) let's talk about the book. So I'm going to hold it up to the camera for those watching on video. So I think I inverted it when I did that, but jogging, um, it is a book that's co-written by William J. Bowerman or Bill Bowerman, which a lot of people know, the co-founder of Nike. So admittedly, Jess, when you brought this up, it's definitely a historic book in the marketing world and one that's a little bit hard to find. I admittedly didn't know a lot about Nike and their history. Uh, My fiance said there is a documentary I need to watch. I did some Wikipedia in to try to get up to speed when I read this. So I'm still catching up, but the story here is Bill Bowerman uh, was a track coach up in Portland, Oregon, and he's the person that really, you know, got the movement started with Nike, but this book 
isn't a Nike book. It's more of a research-based book uh, when he's talking about jogging. So before this, it was, you know, running, track and field. You know, it was more of when you think about doing that type of movement outside, you're doing something very strenuous. Where jogging, it's a little bit more everybody can do it. So it was a fascinating read for myself. And you know, very interesting marketing lesson. This written back in 1967. Yes. And fun fact, the book was actually released before Bowerman created the waffle shoe and the the demand and spike in the Nike shoes actually took place. So this is really an incredible example of putting out the marketing material to create that product demand. And you notice throughout the book, this is one thing you pointed out really on, Jess, is there was no mention of Nike within this book. So it's purely looked at as essentially an instructional guide as to who could benefit from jogging. But what was I found interesting, and we'll delve into this as we we talk about some of our key takeaways from the book, is it explains in very detailed uh, ways how anybody can do it. So if you're this type of person, this is a plan for you. If you're that type of person, here's a plan for you. These are the results that we found. But the funny thing is, is we think about this through a marketing lens, and we're trying to introduce a new concept, something that people aren't actively doing, something super new on the market. You have to take it to this very granular place to where you're explaining everything A to Z. And this book essentially is an instructional guide on how to jog. I admittedly, again, read this. I was a baseball player growing up. So we did a little jogging, some running, but we had these nice dugouts we could sit in. So there wasn't a whole lot of distance running. I admittedly read that and I was like, you know what? I probably haven't been using my feet correctly. Um, Sometimes when I'm out running, Uh, in the different running styles they talk about. So it was actually a pretty good learning for me just not being in that industry. Absolutely. And another perfect example too of what we're really going to get into today. I know we've talked about uh, building a community uh, with your marketing efforts, which we definitely see in the book and we need to talk about that. We talk about relationship marketing and really what comes to fruition with this and Nike's brand, their strategy, et cetera, is this is all about benefits marketing. So there is a major emphasis here on what's the benefit for this target audience, which we do need to talk about as well, because the target audience is very clearly defined in this book. It's the over 30 plus crowd. And The reason being is that uh, Bill Bowerman's thought is like when you're under 30 or when you're in athletics or on sports teams, you have an entire staff that is so focused on your technique, on your health, on your eating habits, on creating these plans so you can be the ultimate athlete. So when he was in New Zealand and he observed a jogging community in New Zealand, he really started to realize the benefits 
for this 30 plus crowd of this continuous activity and doing something constantly uh, to just improve your overall health over 30 plus. (laughs) You have to keep emphasizing that. But do you ever wonder when he goes into this, because there is a marketing lens to this, as much as he's a coach, he's also a marketer as he grows Nike, you know, he sees the health benefits. Do you think there's a point where he sees this, but it also aligns in his head that over 30, more income and more of the ability to maybe spend on our products in the future? Uh, Yes, absolutely. And like this really, really did launch the movement because as we kind of alluded to when, you know, jogging has been around for a very long time. And when this uh, book came out, it was not popular in the U.S. I mean, this, this, so he really brought and he's credited for bringing this type of exercise and uh, these type of like physical benefits to this target audience and to this population. So absolutely helped to grow Nike's brand and and really shape their their marketing strategy. Because we talked about, you're not mentioning Nike in the book at all. Like we're not mentioning any shoe. I mean, he's talking about shoes and how good of a fit is, but we're not talking about specific Nike shoes, et cetera. So I... But, but you can see like this is what he really believes in and stands for. And, and it really just correlates to like the Nike brand and what they believe and stand for and how Nike is trying to improve your your lifestyle, your your physical health. It's not about creating a better shoe. So that leads me to a spot on here. So you're really hitting on really where my takeaways are, Jess. And there's several we can look at here. But uh, I'm holding it up. I'm not inverting it. Um, actually, if you have like 2020 vision, you might be able to see this. If you don't, <laughs> and you're not watching the video, what it does say is clothes don't make the jogger, but they help the spirit. So there's these different sections within the book. Basically, what should you wear when jogging? You think about it, if you didn't know, we know now through marketing and a lot due to Nike and their fabulous ads. Uh, But if you didn't know, you didn't know. So I found it interesting that you start to read this and you start to understand how Bill Bowerman develops his products later on for Nike. So we're talking about clothes here. And that's a a big part of Nike, their athletic wear, their shirts, their shorts, um, accessories is probably not what they were built on, but you see some of the methodology in here. And I found that interesting that he really speaks to not only the physical side, but more so the mental side about feeling good about what you're doing. And again, it speaks so much to your demo of plus 30 audience versus somebody that might be in their athletic peak in their 20s. Absolutely. I mean, they even talk about when we go back to the benefits of jogging and this continuous physical movement that it can extend your lifespan. So like, think about that is like when you're think if you have a sedentary lifestyle and, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about heart disease in this book and like living a longer life. I mean, this is, this is so targeted towards 
people that are like trying to create a, like a better lifestyle for themselves. And health benefits uh, historically through marketing has always been big. It's big now. You know, we think about what we went through with COVID up until now. You know, obviously there's a lot of talk around different health concerns that that arise. But we think back in 1967 here, the life expectancy of 1967 versus 2023 is astronomically different. The medicine's different. The doctors are different. The treatment's different. There just wasn't as much or as much advancement as there is right now. So, you know, when you start getting into your 30s, you think about back in that era, most people in that era probably knew individuals that did die pretty young, unfortunately. It wasn't as uncommon as it is today. So when I start reading this about the benefits of jogging, I think when somebody starts to hit their 30s, what 30 was then might be what we feel as 50 or 60 is now. So people might take it a little bit differently and that it's okay, hey, let's let's get on this. Let's try to be healthy. Let's um, he also talks about some of the myths that are out there. He myth busts that jogging could lead to cardiac disease. Instead, he's saying that it helps with your heart. So it's interesting that they take this angle and there's just so many angles that they take looking good, feeling good, athletic fit, um, but also the health side of it and trying to articulate what that could mean for a 30 plus. Yes. And to just further emphasize how this has really just accelerated Nike's brand and their marketing strategy and has made them one of the most well-known brands in the world. Another fun fact, they sell 25 pairs of shoes every second Mm -hmm. these days. So this has absolutely benefited Nike and their, their ability to sell shoes. And also the first commercial that came out in 1977. So here we have the book has launched, sold a million copies. It's really created this movement in uh, the the U.S. now with people over 30 plus who are now getting into jogging and building their own communities, their own jogging communities in their areas. The, the 1977 commercial was an 80 year old jogging across the Golden Gate Bridge. And there is one mention at the end of the Nike swoosh and the brand logo, but really it was, again, all about this man jogging like every other day, like, and how he has overcome his, his obstacles, his challenges, and really created this more active lifestyle. So again, a direct correlation to like what this book has done and like, and then carrying that strategy through like, so from let's a TV talk about, perspective. Let's talk about that in a modern marketing sense. So we consult clients. I've talked to a number of business owners, all different types of verticals, all different styles of marketing, B2C, B2B, big budget, low budget. There is still, I would say 50% or maybe a little higher than 50%. When I mention the word influencer, it's still an extremely taboo topic that a lot of companies do not want to embrace. But you know, the, the thing about influencers, it is not new. The technique of influencer is nothing new. The format 
and landscape that it's in and social media is very different maybe, but the idea isn't new. So you take this back and look at 1967, you talk about this commercial in the 70s for Nike. What they do is they're showing regular people able to utilize their product and how they can utilize it and showing it really transparently that's one side of it, but also the community side of it, word of mouth, being able to talk about something, getting it out there in a natural community, we are not necessarily, you know, you're paying for maybe ads, you're paying for TV or newspaper or radio back in these days, but instead, you're not just relying on that, you're building a community of users who influence the product that you're putting out there, so the technique in what we're talking about, about what the conversational piece is. There's a lot of mention in this. Uh, if you're able to pick up a copy and read it, of course, we highly recommend it. It talks a lot about community and why jogging is good for community. Jogging is not a competitive sport. When you think about running or moving, the first thing in your head is competitive sport. He's myth busting so many things so quickly in this book that within the first 25 to 30 pages, I feel like I know exactly what jogging is and isn't. I think that's a powerful tool to get people to start influencing on their own. Yes. There eat there's even a section in the book that talks about how to build your own jogging community and the steps that uh, you can take to be most successful. So yes, absolutely about the community building, but you're right. It's just, it's really with this emphasis on how it benefits the customer. This is very customer driven. And we've talked about this many times before in almost every episode about not focusing uh, necessarily on the product or service features, but again, what is the end benefit? What emotions, values are you trying to instill in your end user or in your customer? And I think we can learn that when we go back in history too. I feel like so much of us and maybe this is like the myth that we have to keep talking about, I feel like in the making of a marketer, is there's so much reliance on data points for everything. And they're good. Like I would never tell a marketer not to use data, not to find the, the trendiest thing out there, not to try to get the most efficient costs. I think it's important for our KPIs, but there's also a history of marketing that's out there that uses these very customer-focused techniques and they date back decades and decades. And I feel like sometimes the entire marketing industry tries really hard to, to, to go away from things that are known to work and to try to use the new fancy toys when it's the things that have always worked across different mediums that we have found to be the most successful. And this is very much, again, community driven here. You know, Nike obviously now has the brand power to wear they can put any type of line of products out there and it's going to sell because they have that dependability and they have that customer base already established. But if they didn't have a community, then you're just always spending money over and over and over again to find a community. And you could find yourself going down a very expensive rabbit hole uh, when something like this, an interesting book, it has data in it, but it's from 
really the source, a coach that was in Portland, Oregon, and Bill Bowerman, and what his studies that he saw from this group in New Zealand, what his personal opinions are. I think opinions, sometimes we we talk about data all the time. I still feel like people who are vetted professionals and their, their leaders in their industry, their opinion matters. And in this book, he, he supports it with data, but he's not afraid to give his opinion. And sometimes I think that's important too, that if you have that, if you're a trusted voice in your community, let's hear it. Don't feel shy just because you have to have a thousand data points behind everything you say. Absolutely. And, and yes, like it goes back to this idea that he he really believed in in this in this activity and the benefits again for the end user and that a hundred percent carries over to the Nike brand and how they communicate their brand values and also we haven't mentioned he does have another expert because you're right this book is not data driven but he does have another expert weighing in so this was co-written with uh, W.E. Harris, and he was a uh, famous cardiologist mm-hmm. as well. So you, you got you've got an expert opinion in, in here as well to talk more, or just to 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 really dive deeper into some of the health benefits, and you know we talk about heart disease, et cetera. So there is that, that there is that credibility piece to provide trust and uh, it it does it it does help support like this idea of like here are all of the health benefits that can be obtained by following a jogging plan so let's talk about that the jogging plan so this book is developed in a to a couple sections so the first section it talks about what you should wear what is jogging how to take steps uh, what shoes you should be wearing, all that good stuff. And then we get into plans. There's an ABC plan. Uh, I want to you to elaborate on this one, Jess. You mentioned that, hey, this is an early rendition of a white paper, essentially. But I don't I don't know. That's something I should do research on. When did white papers become a thing? Because I actually don't know that. You know, that would be kind of just kind of fun to look back on the early days of how those were developed, but this does read a lot like a white paper, but developed for basically anyone to look at and what these jogging plans could be for them. Yes. And what I love about it, so yeah, it's broken down into three plans. So the way that Bill Bowerman saw it was 10% of the, this population of over 30 plus, they, they need to start with plan A. They're not at the physically fit level that they need to be. And so he gives a plan so you can ease, like easily get into it and like maintain your consistency. Because a lot of this is about uh, maintaining the plan in order to see results. Every plan is broken down into 12 weeks. I mean, this is this is very detailed and that's why we, we consider this a white paper because it's like a detailed how to's on how to execute on these plans. And yeah, if you're watching the video cast, it's kind of this old school look right here. It looks a little bit like our elementary school textbooks, but I promise it's a lot more <laughs> exciting than that. 
Uh, but yes, they, they go through this and they talk about the jogging plans for, for each individual. Yeah, so there, the, you will not have any confusion. It's really like step by step going over each week. And so yeah, A, B, and C. And what I like about it too is I was also thinking more about like going back to the Nike brand and then like thinking about, you know, what, what clothes you're going to wear, what shoes you're going to wear. It's when it's broken out into these plans where it's like, you know, beginner, intermediate and advanced, I can almost see people like as they get into it and as they move up the levels, then starting to think about, oh, well, I want these shoes now, or Mm -hmm. I am, I'm ready for, like, I, I'm feeling so good that I'm ready for this outfit. And so I can just, I can just see the, like, you know, the, the shoes being purchased every second as you are like building your endurance and, and, and maintaining these plans. And what makes it even better is so now you're looking for your shoes because you're building up your endurance. You're trying to work through this plan. You're leveling up with your community who are you going to buy the shoes from? You're going to probably buy them from the researcher who helped build the community. It's straight from the source. So it really connects it together in that fashion. Yes. The, the person that invented the shoe, and that is the the, the famous running uh, cross-country coach in the United States. So yes, I, I, right on. So I have a fun story about why I buy Nike shoes. So they talk about it here. It's actually spoke to me. It talks about how you need to have a close knit fit for your shoes. It's really important to your running also to just your overall health as you go through this program. I have a very odd size uh, for men's is 12 and a half wide. I can tell you that there's almost nobody that carries this size, but Nike does. They make special wide shoes just for me. So I've always found them to be more of the comfortable shoes. I like those. uh, And I've liked Under Armour's from time to time when I've done more athletic stuff. So, but it is something that's appealing to me because I have always felt that Nike gives the best fit, which again is talked about in this book. So they've really kind of kept that up for the course of time. I think it is brand power, but this is also the performance base, the studies, the way that they talk about building this plan with community. It's kind of this real intersection of data, opinion, community, you know, all together, but in a very earlier time compared to probably when we're thinking about Nike. I'm sure most of us think about it probably more from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, but it's just interesting to see these concepts dating so far back. Yes, absolutely. Because again, like we we can't keep emphasizing, I, and I think it's just absolutely genius, the fact that no brand is mentioned in this book. Like you're, you're not, you don't hear Nike shoe once in this book. You don't hear anything about Nike clothing, et cetera. It's basically just saying you need a shoe that, mm-hmm fits well. So that's something that I've felt like is almost underutilized a little bit in the vertical I work in is EDU. So EDU does a lot of research. I mean, you could pull research, white papers, all kinds of things from EDU. There's almost an unlimited supply of resources because that's what makes those universities special is they have this unique approach to whatever it might be, healthcare, business, whatever type of research they're doing, 
they could put out this type of content and maybe get community-based response from it. And they do, you know, it's something that's popular, especially once you start looking at more of like masters and doctoral candidates, you start to see that. And I just feel like this could be just a great template. If somebody wanted to go back and look at how could I put research out there for something new or looking to brand, just speak to that research and that opinion-based study and let's let it speak for itself. Don't, you know, pound it, pound it, pound it, you know, with company buy, sell. Uh, we need you right now, 50% off, things like that. This was just so natural in a community building initiative that I, I just think that there's a lot of takeaways from this. EDU is just one example I have because I'm closer to it, but I feel like there's a lot of brands that do any type of research that could go back and look at this and kind of think about how they would apply this research to the average person. Absolutely. I mean, any any brand could do this. And we've talked about this before. It's essentially making observations of your of your customer or the, the audience, the end user that you are trying to reach, forming a point of view, using a little data, to build that trust and credibility after you've formed a point of view and something that you believe in, and then focusing on the benefits for, like based on the point of view, focusing on the benefits for that end user and the customer. You know who's sitting on millions of dollars right now if they can piece it together is, so we got Joggy, 1967, co-authored, we have the practitioner, we have the data point person and the cardiologist. So you're probably sitting on millions and millions of dollars right now. If you're someone who's an AI specialist and trying out chat GPT and you're just doing tests and figuring it out, if you could find the right combination of how to use chat GPT for the average person or how to use AI for the average person, back it up with some data, put out an instructional book. It, it's, it would be brilliant. If someone wants to coin the idea, I'll take about 25% of the proceeds. <laughs> uh, but I, I just think about ways that this could be redone so many times. And it probably has been done uh, more times than we think, but this is just such an early rendition. And I just, again, I find it so cool to see old school marketing approaches that are still existent today. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, this is still true to Nike's brand, and that's why I absolutely love as well. So just before we jump gears on this, any other key takeaways from the book that you like to, to bring um, out? Let me look through my notes really quickly, make sure I got it all. I'm just showing the back cover right yeah. now on the video, some of the key things they put on the back. It is free, it is easy, it is relaxing, it can be done alone or in groups, it is fun, it is good for the heart and lungs, the organs, which may determine your lifespan. All these sound like great uh, captions to put on a put on an ad. I mean, just do it is probably more catchy than these, but they're still pretty good uh, selling points. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, ju I just can't reemphasize just how he he really helped with this creating this movement and it was all centered around helping the customer understand what jogging is and the health benefits mm -hmm. to them
And, and that's some, yeah, that's simple. That, and that's something to take away, you know, for us as we consult for companies that are listening for anybody in social media or management, you know, answering those questions from the consumer, your consumer could be B2B, it could be another business, you know, what is those takeaways that they're going to get? Why does it matter to them? What is the easiness level of it? I like that part. Anybody can do it. Now, obviously, not every brand or every product is available for anyone to do, but let's speak directly to who the consumer is. And if we're speaking to someone's kind of niche, let's talk about what is that instruction level? What is that getting started level? What is a plan they would need to go through to get there? So I think that they answer consumer questions before consumers have them. I think about copywriting a lot. I think about titles of ads. I think about if you're getting search engine, you know, or search engine queries, look at, you know, what your search team is bidding on. Look at your Google Analytics as to what are people searching for your product. You can answer these questions all in an organic community styled way. They didn't have that advantage with jogging. They probably just had to take a you know, shot in the dark and see if their research would, you know, attract people. And, you know, it's it's always interesting when we look back at some of these publications. Like you said, it probably wasn't big during the time, but we look back on it now and it took decades later for us to understand the importance of this book. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and for our listeners that are having trouble finding a copy, you can always... Uh, to read Shoe Dog, because in Shoe Dog, Phil Knight does talk about this and like how Bill Bowerman uh, and how it was part of their marketing strategy and how Bill ba- uh, Bowerman really started this movement. So you can you can get a little little bit of the perspective from Shoe Dog as well. Definitely. And if you're just looking to obtain a copy that's not in print anymore, so they're a little bit trickier to get, they're out there. But if you're a listener of the podcast, you have something you think would be interesting for us to read in our, you know, further explorations on the book club, you know, we could do a paperback swap, you know, just send send me a message. Uh, We'll see what you got, you know, make a good recommendation for us in our book club. And there's ways in in sites, paperback swap is a big one where people do exchange books. So if you have something that's a must read and is important to you in the marketing world, we definitely be interested as, you know, we're not going to do this every week, of course, with the book club, but it's something that we're going to mix and match in maybe as a monthly option and uh, give you a little bit different perspective than our usual episodes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. The, the next book will definitely be more accessible, but we had to start with the OG. Yes. Yes. And it was an easy read too. right around it was 130, I think 34, 35 pages. Uh, there's pictures, you know, in, in elementary <laughs> school, everybody likes pictures. They make the books go quicker. So it's a pretty easy read. The meat and potatoes is right out front. So they talk about a lot of the key things in there about the shoes, the the cardiology aspect of it, the clothes to wear, the suggestions of just what jogging is, and then it gets into the plans. And if you're looking for a jogging plan, I'm pretty sure this is still relevant today. So there, I know, was it, I think it was plan B or C 
uh, towards the end are talking about going jogging for five miles. And I was like, I don't think I ever made it up to those plans. But if you are a runner or someone looking to get into that, you know, that's a, a good plan for how to increase your workload to get up to a certain point. Yes. I was just thinking when you said that this was easy to read, we gave you the plan A mm -hmm. option, Andy, for getting back to reading books. Yes, <laughs> the plan A. <laughs> Podcast episodes about it, so I have to read them. <laughs> so we'll transition here. So just a few notes about the podcast. So just if you haven't heard our updates, we had our life updates episode a, a few weeks ago. So I, of course, announced that I'm getting married in a year. So there's no news for me to take off from the podcast yet. We got our venue, we got our caterer, we got a few things started. So we're getting there. And then just you're starting your maternity leave. So I know this is an extremely exciting time for you. And uh, we're going to start having a few guest hosts just over the next couple of weeks to give just some well-deserved and much-needed time off for this exciting time. So we're going to start making some announcements over the next handful of days about that, who some of the guest hosts will be, and then just, of course, you'll be returning uh, once you're you know, ready to go and you know settled on during this exciting time. Yes, I'm I'm so excited. It's officially here. Excited to listen in. Cannot wait to see our our guest hosts and uh how they collaborate with you, Andy. And and you know, I will obviously keep you keep you updated when the baby actually arrives. And uh yeah, it's it's an adventure for sure. Well, I know you're excited, and this is your second, so uh, Jess, you've been very, uh, very mysterious, which I love that the name has not been announced yet. So we're excited for the big reveal and definitely wishing you all the luck. We know everything will go smoothly. Thank you. And the other note that we're going to have in the next couple of days is there will be a surprise coming. Um, all I have to say is we've grown the podcast to a successful point to where we're going to now start to join forces, if you will, with podcast networks. So we're in the final stages of something that should be announced here within the next few days. Uh, we're going to start mixing and matching some promos, some commercials in here, and we're official now, Jess. Like That's <laughs> like as official as you get. You know, we didn't have an intro we weren't putting on Spotify to start and look at where we're at now. I I am so excited. You're right. It's official. And as marketers, I, I, I get excited that we're actually going to have ads on the podcast yes. as well. Because I mean, this is this is our bread and butter, our meat and potatoes. We're all we're all about ads. Yes. Ads, ads, ads. So there'll be fun <laughs> ones though. So what we're gonna do, you know, if I'm sure there's some of our listeners out here who listen to like the true crime podcast, uh, some of the more popular ones out there, you know how you have the the two hosts and they kind of play the commercial together and make it real fun. Like I'm, I'm really excited to do that. So, you know, hopefully that'll, you know, also get us to try some new products and learn about marketing and different companies and what they're doing out there. So, I'm happy to just experience it all, and it'll be the same program. 
uh, that you've been getting, the same types of guests. It's just we're growing this thing and hopefully reaching uh, a wider audience as we continue to get more and more out there. 300 likes now on our LinkedIn page. So it's been an exciting time to see where this thing can grow to. Yes. Cannot wait to see what the future has in store for us. Most definitely. And again, if you're just tuning in, again, it was jogging. If you're looking for this book, if you're watching on the video, I'm holding it up right now. Um, again, by Bill Bowerman and William or W.E. Harris. Get a copy, Google it. Uh, it's out there. You might have to search a little bit. It might take a little while to arrive to your house, but if you're a marketer, well, well worth your time. And definitely let us know if you enjoyed this episode of the book club. You know, let us know if you have those suggestions and we'll start to bring those to the table as we do more book clubs. But until then, Jess, uh, we're over and out for this episode and wishing you a wonderful time coming up. So we'll be in contact and we'll be giving updates on the podcast during this time for you. Great. Thanks, Andy. No problem. We'll talk soon. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.